This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on this big Thursday night. Great to have you with us after what was a beautiful day across the Palmetto State. Who won't take 70 degrees in January? I certainly will. And the rain stopped for a little while. I know it's coming back, but enjoy it while you can. Appreciate you being with us on this Thursday night. Look forward to talking with you. And our phone number is 888-898-2525, and that is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you to ring right in to Sports Talk. We'll get to those phone calls pretty early tonight because uh, I know you got a lot on your mind and want to get that off your mind so you can relax and enjoy the evening. We've, of course, got the big showdown game in the SEC Women's Basketball South Carolina. Number one team in the country, undefeated against the defending national champions LSU down at the PMAC in Baton Rouge. And on paper and in every other way you look at it, this should be an excellent college basketball game tonight for the women down in uh, Baton Rouge. So we'll talk some about that. We'll talk more about what's coming up. Duke hosting Clemson on Saturday. The Gamecocks, they got their scalp of a blue blood on Tuesday night. Can the Tigers get a scalp of a blue blood. They had their chance against North Carolina earlier in the season at home and couldn't get it done. Now they get a chance to do it in Durham, and they'll get a chance to go to Chapel Hill as well. So uh, Clemson could certainly use a big win over a ranked team and a team with the, uh, the history and the tradition, especially at home, winning at Cameron Indoor Stadium for Clemson. That's been, uh, of course, few and far between and South Carolina back at home Saturday afternoon against Missouri and I think the big test for Lamont Paris this week has not so much been since Tuesday night the X's and the O's for his team but mentally because all these guys have heard all week long since they beat Kentucky is how good they are and what a great story they are and what great defense they play and what terrific team chemistry and a a, uh, a stretch of having your back padded uh, so much as they have, you, you know what, that can um, give you a false sense of security against a team that's winless in the SEC and a team that you, uh, you did beat at their place, but you had to go to overtime to do it. So they need to be uh, uh, at their best as they were against Kentucky and as they were. I mean, I really think against Arkansas they played outstanding basketball uh, and then carry that on through the uh, through the Kentucky game. So the Gamecocks are, maybe you say they're peaking, but this will be a real uh, prove-it-to-me kind of game, a game where you'll be favored, you'll be home, should have a big crowd, uh, you're coming off that big win, and can they regain that focus and the intensity that they had against Kentucky? So all that's on the table tonight, plus we'll update recruiting for you. Mike Morgan will be here. He'll be on the call of that South Carolina game. Saturday. Uh, Ben Portnoy, the Port Authority, will be with us as well at uh, 735 to talk about some of the national things that 
have gone on this week, including um, you know things happening with uh, Congress and uh, the NCAA and uh, things happening with Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan and going to the Chargers, uh, stuff like that that he's been keeping an eye on. Uh, Chris Bergen joining us now from the Bergie Palace over in beautiful Sardis, where the sun never sets. It's uh, the it's the city that never sleeps, Sardis. It is wild and woolly over here in Sardis. And no it question. was um, did the. Um, did the did the lone Southern Miss fan uh, in the stands last night storm the floor after that victory? <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I'm not sure Southern Miss had any fans at the game last night. I'm trying to think behind their bench. I don't remember seeing anybody um, in black and gold. Hmm. So they even if they had had one, no, they they had that game pretty much in control outside of the uh, first five minutes of the game and the first five minutes of the second half when Coastal made a nice run. They were down 18 at the half and actually cut it to five uh, in the second half. We just ran out of steam. Southern Miss is a, a fine basketball team. This is a team that won the regular season last year and maybe not quite as good this year, but they're, they're very talented. And Coastal's just uh, still continuing to scuffle with the changeover in the coaching staff and, and trying to mix and match pieces and parts together. And it's just going to be, I think, unfortunately for them, it's just going to be a long rest of the season. And last night was just a continuation of that against a pretty good basketball team. And they get Georgia State in here on a Saturday. Well, look, you're a play-by-play guy, and a great one, and you've done it for a lot of years at well, Coastal, so I'm not asking you from the standpoint that you're some kind of an insider because that's not what you do. But you do observe and you are around. Where do you think they are in the search to replace Cliff Ellis? Do you think, just your opinion, not asking for you to mm. dig in anything, in your opinion, do you think Matt Hogue has uh, started interviewing or talking to people and getting some things lined up? Do you think he wants to wait till the end of the season? What do you think's going on there? Because it's been very quiet. It has been extremely quiet, and I was thinking if if Congress could keep stuff this secretive the way Coastal has, the way Coastal did with its football search when they hired Tim Beck uh, basically overnight, uh, and you know Joe Mogley had told us that's the guy that he had pegged for years, and as soon as Jamie Chadwell was on his way to Liberty, one phone call was made, and that process was hired. I don't think it's going to be that quite uh, quite easy on the basketball side, and my guess is Matt Hogan's probably behind the scenes talked to some people, uh, interested parties, and, and just gauging interest right now and I still think you know if if they were to somehow turn the table around and make a nice run here the uh, final month or so of the season and maybe somehow find a way to get to the NCAA tournament with a uh, Sunbelt Conference title in the tournament I think Benny Moss would certainly uh, be considered to maintain and stay on as head coach but otherwise I'm I'm sure Matt Hogue has some ideas in the back of his mind I just haven't heard of anybody do you think it's possible for them to do that it's it's a long shot. There's no question. I don't think they're one of the more talented teams in the league, and they're certainly, after having seen Appalachian and Troy and Southern Miss, the teams that are right at the top of the league right now, I think if Appalachian State, in my mind, if they don't win the conference and win the tournament, I would be surprised. I think they are the most complete team in the Sun Belt, and I think they're capable, Phil, depending on what kind of matchup they would get in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think they're capable of doing what, say, Furman did last year, and that's win – a first-round game and perhaps, you know, advance to the round of 32 and maybe get lucky and get to the Sweet 16. I'm not sure they're they're much better than that, but I do think they're good enough to win a game in the tournament, perhaps two because of their size, their length, their ability to defend. I mean, they, they held Auburn under 40% shooting from the floor when they played them earlier in the season up in Boone. 
So this is a very, very good basketball team. So I think Appalachian is by far the class of the Sun Belts, and I would be surprised if they don't ultimately win both the regular season and the tournament. All right, let's touch on a couple of football things, and then we'll take a look at South Carolina LSU. Then we'll get to phone calls, 888-898-2525. Here in South Carolina, Benedict College today announced the hiring of Ron Dickerson Jr. as their new head football coach. I think this is uh, a terrific hire. Uh, Ron Dickerson Jr., the son of the former Clemson defensive coordinator from the early 90s. And he has got a lot of coaching in his background. He was also an excellent player in his college days at Arkansas, uh, first as a running back and then as a wide receiver. Had three years in the NFL with the Chiefs and with the Eagles, played in NFL Europe. He's been a head coach before at Gardner-Webb. Didn't go real well for That's him there. That's where I recognize that name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two years. Two years at mm-hmm. Gardner-Webb, record of 7-15. and 15. He's been coaching as an assistant coach at various spots since then. He's got a little bit of NFL coaching background, but mostly on the collegiate level. He comes to Benedict from West Florida, where last year he coached receivers and he was the offensive coordinator, and they were in the top 20 in both passing and total offense in Division Two, So he is 52 years old, and I think it's terrific that you got somebody with ties to South Carolina. Now, he steps in. See, you don't get, you don't get a break in this situation because you're inheriting a program that's won, what, 20 in a row in the regular yeah. season? Back-to-back really undefeated good. seasons in the regular season, and – two league championships, it's not broken. You're inheriting a program that was fixed by Chennis Berry. So the fans at Benedict will be expecting you to come in and pick up right where he left off. That's going to be tough. On a smaller scale, it's taking over, considerably smaller, but it is taking over in Alabama because you're right. There is nothing broken there. You just have to maintain, and that will be difficult to do. Because um, Chennis Berry did a phenomenal job. He wouldn't be the head coach at South Carolina State if he had not done as good a job as he did at Benedict. So uh, Coach Dickerson certainly has his work cut out for him. But, you know, you've been handed the keys to a maybe not a Maserati, but certainly a high-end luxury car. You just don't need to run it off the cliff. You've got to maintain. Yeah, yeah. And to the uh, Panthers now, and reports are this afternoon that they have settled on their new head coach, Coming from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach with the Buccaneers, several NFL reporters reported that this afternoon, 42 years old, and he interviewed with David Tepper and the Panthers in person on Wednesday, according to Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports lead NFL insider, and the uh, thing about him is they loved the offense that he ran with the Buccaneers, and they loved the job that he did uh, down in Tampa with the quarterbacks there. Uh, of course, making um, – hello. Hello. Isn't it funny when your computer just starts talking out of nowhere? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what he did with uh, Mayfield down there to make him into a very productive quarterback, mm-hmm. they kind of think he can come into Charlotte, I guess, and do the same thing there with their quarterback. 
He appears to be a quarterback whisperer, if you will, because I think he's been uh, touted as turning maybe Geno Smith around a little bit, too, when he was in Seattle. So, I mean, the, the guy evidently is a good coach. I, uh, Pat sent me a text earlier this afternoon and said, what do you think of the Panthers' new head coach? And I was like, I had never heard of the guy until today. Mm. So uh, he obviously was not one of the high-end guys that I think most NFL fans, unless you follow it extremely closely, and especially if you follow the Buccaneers, would know. But it appears, having worked with uh, Dan Moore, too, who's now the new GM with the uh, Panthers. I think that was probably the biggest tie to bring him to uh, Charlotte. And they certainly need somebody who can help develop Bryce Young. I think that was probably first and foremost. I think that gives you an indication they feel like Bryce is the quarterback of the future and they want to get a coach in there who can develop him and develop the offense around him. I don't think they need to worry too much defensively with the Panthers, but good grief, they definitely have to get an offense that can move the football. So it, it appears to be a good hire, at least on paper. We shall see. The more interesting question the Falcons have also announced their new head coach, and it's not Bill Belichick. Mm. Does By the time all of this ends, is Bill Belichick out of a job once all the uh, coaching searches are done across the league? Do you think he ends up with a job? Yeah, that'd be hard to fathom to think he's on the outside looking in after everything is, is filled up around the league. The uh, Falcons ended up going with who? Raheem Morris? Yes. Raheem Morris. They know. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing that story now. Falcons are close to hiring. What I'm seeing here from Jonathan Jones, maybe you're seeing something later. This is on CBS Sports again. He's saying that um, Raheem Morris and the Falcons are nearing a deal for the defensive coordinator of the Rams to be their next head coach. So, Yeah, I think it's pretty much a done deal once you start seeing those type reports. Yeah, yeah. Falcons interviewed 14 candidates. Maybe that's a little over the top. (laughs) They wanted to be thorough, didn't they? Maybe that's a little bit over the top. All right, and let's see if there's anything else I want to pass along. Uh, Real quick, let's talk about South Carolina LSU women tonight. LSU uh, 17-2 and 4-1. Gamecock 17-0 and 5-0. Much like South Carolina, LSU uh, has annihilated uh, most of their opponents. They beat Alabama by 20. Uh, They beat A&M by 17. They beat Ole Miss by 11. They beat Missouri by 20. Uh, They did lose at Auburn Mm -hmm. by 25. I don't know what happened that night, but they didn't show up and and Auburn did. The the Tigers average about 92 a game. The Gamecocks 91. Gamecocks are giving up 52. The Tigers are giving up about 62. USC is shooting about 53%. The Tigers at 49%. Here's the big difference. USC is allowing 29.4 field goal percentage by the opponents to LSU's 36.2. Now, that's not bad, 36.2. But 29.4 is outrageous. And uh, both rebound the ball well. 49 a game for the Gamecocks, 47 a game for the Tigers. Um, This will be interesting. Uh, LSU is forcing 22 turnovers per game. And the Gamecocks are forcing about uh, 17. So protecting the basketball against LSU in this setting tonight, that's probably going to be the key component for the Gamecocks to go in there and do their thing. And that Auburn-LSU game, actually a little bit closer, is only a five-point win by Auburn, 67-62. But what they did – Oh, hang on, hang on. Okay, I believe you. I'm looking at the LSU notes. They have it 
Oh, okay. You're saying no, it's 67, 62? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I remember I remember watching and that game. And I don't follow it by memory. In fact, their I didn't notes think it was are, that big a blowout. LSU's notes are kind of all messed up. Now, you look at the uh, rundown of their schedule, and they say they're 18-2 and two and 5-1. and one. But over here in the box where they compare with the Gamecocks, they got them at 17-2 and two and 4-1. and one. Whoever did their notes did not <laughs> needs a new job. check. That's yeah. that Bayou math for you. <laughs> did not fact check their own notes. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But what Auburn did in that ball game, and I think it's something that South Carolina will be able to exploit, is they played really, really good defense against LSU, held them to about 42% shooting from the floor. And basically Auburn, just because they don't have quite the size to deal with LSU's front line, and certainly they don't have the size like South Carolina does, they basically told Angel Reese, go ahead, but the rest of your teammates are not going to score. Mm -hmm. Reese had 24 in that game, and that was twice as many as the next club. Morrow and also Johnson each had 12 apiece, but they virtually took everybody else out of the mix. LSU only attempted two three-pointers in that ball game, And if you're only going to attempt two three-pointers against South Carolina, you're going to be in big-time trouble because the Gamecocks are going to knock down probably six or seven at least tonight. And I just think USC's defense turning it over and getting out in transition is going to be too much to handle. I, I just think South Carolina, uh, in terms of just the complete nature of their basketball team, I think Carolina is just a better team all the way around. LSU may have the best player on the floor in Angel Reese, but I don't think she's got the supporting cast that'll be able to maintain. They, they should, they'll get a big bump, I would think, playing at home tonight. That'll mm-hmm. be a huge bump for them. But I think when all is said and done, South Carolina wins because they're just the better team. Yeah. Uh, Kim Mulkey, <clears throat> she's in her 23rd season, 710 wins, 114 losses in 23 years. That's remarkable. That is that is strong. Um multiple national championships and and all that. Uh, Let's see. LSU has won 29 consecutive home games. They've scored 80 or more points in 16 games this season. But now, you know, when it comes to matching streaks, okay, nobody compares to the USC women when it comes to matching streaks. Here are the current streaks for the USC women going into tonight's game. They've won 17 in a row overall. 50 in a row at home, 27 in a row on the road at opponents' home courts, and two in a row at neutral sites. So that'd be 29 in a row away from home. 36 in a row in the SEC, 33 at home, and 18 on the road in the SEC. Against ranked teams, they've won four in a row, and 11 in a row at home against ranked teams and eight in a row on the road against ranked teams. So those are impressive numbers right there. And, and they've also won 14 in a row over LSU alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot riding on this one tonight. Okay, let's no get doubt. to some phone calls. And the phone number is 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. On Sports Talk, and I think it is, this will shock many of you, if not all of you, uh, Gamecock Larry. Uh, up first with us tonight here on Sports Talk, Gamecock Larry, welcome in. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here. But I ain't too much worried about the game tonight. If we lose, we lose. But you know our record in the last 84 games, 80, the last 84 games, you know what the record is? What is the record, Larry? Eighty-three and one. Oh. Eighty-three and one. Mm. Mm. 
Do you? Wow, 83 and one. So I want to win, but if they lose or lose, I won't feel too bad. It'll be 83 and two out of 83 and two. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that approach you're taking, Larry. I don't like that you approach. Like that. That's, what, what are you that's a about? that's a defeatist approach. You should be talking about confidence. You need to be talking yeah. about being eighty four and one, not eighty three. The confident Larry that we heard from this on Monday about very, how they were going to whack is, the knee and shoot the three. Is, yeah, where's where's cracking the is, knee and shooting the three? This is reverse psychology. What do you call it? We gonna win tonight. I ain't worried about it. We gonna win by seventeen points. Okay. We gonna wipe. We gonna wipe the floor with Rick. Kim Mulkey. Kim Rick. Rick Flair. Kim Mulkey. You know, well, uh, a tire, whatever you call it. We gonna mop the floor with that flashy tire. A tire she got on. Well, she ought to be shame of herself. Come out there with all kind of flashy stuff. The Rick Flair of the ladies basketball. But we gonna win by seventeen. Seventeen. Then we'll be eighty four and one out of eighty. I don't know. And I feel good like a Gamecock should. Mm. We're going to win tonight by 17. And tomorrow, we I mean, Saturday we're going to beat Missouri. That'll be 3-0. Sunday we're going to beat whoever comes in and plays Sunday be 4-0. It's Vanderbilt. I can read a crow Monday afternoon when I call you, Mr. Phil. All Go Gamecocks! Love all y'all! All right, Larry! Thank you very much. I was disappointed. I mean, here's the guy who came in and coined the phrase, whack the knee and shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And he was spot on about the Gamecocks rolling over Kentucky. Yes, he was. And then he's hedging his bet with the better of the two basketball teams. I'm I think, surprised. like he said, reverse psychology here. <laughs> Let's go to Andy in Columbia. Red hot in the capital city. No better way to follow Gamecock Larry there with Andy. Andy, welcome in. How are you? I don't know what Larry's got in his IV, but I could sure use a couple of doses. I sure that. could, man. I tell you what, I bet you he could run a marathon with whatever they're giving what. him. Amazing. First off, 30 days away, the Mets and the Cardinals open up spring training. Okay. Not that I have much to pull for for my Mets, but, you know, it's 30 days away for me to have more suffering. Now, wait a minute. So, Where are we? You owe me for how much from last year, uh, last baseball season? No, we're, we're, no our, we're even, and now we have the bet for USC baseball that you're proclaiming as well. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I'll just go ahead and tell you. You can go ahead and mark it down. They will host a Super Regional this year. Okay, that's where they'll okay. be. Mark it down. They'll host a Super Regional this year. Okay, and I know that um, when I beat you on that bet, that you'll never pay. So you know, it's not true. Just go in that direction. <laughs> Name me one person I've never paid a lost bet to. One person. Me. Me. No, we went double or nothing till it uh, got even. A couple of years ago, you lost a bet. I mean, you never. Paid I don't remember that. Right Sorry, anymore. I don't remember that. I figure I give you enough hard time that you don't have to pay. Mm. But um, just an observation: Carolina men's basketball. The past two games, everybody thought that this team would be hurting without Studi. 
I personally think that this team looks much better without him on the floor. I see more ball rotation. I see a better defense. I see better offensive play. Am I? Well, I'll say this. Studi hasn't shot the ball quite as consistently from the outside as you thought he might. I will say this, and we got to go to the break, so thank you, and Chris, you can jump in here. One thing it has done, not having Studi, has opened the door for Zachary Davis to come in and play Mm -hmm. more, and that's a – I think probably a better overall athlete because he's tall and long and can handle and can jump and do a lot of different things. Maybe that's sort of a um, a quiet bonus there for the Gamecocks, the fact that he's been forced to play more and he's delivered. I think you're right. I think they're getting tremendous production. If you look at Zach Davis sort of as a bench player that's now been thrust into the starting role, Jacoby Wright I think has picked up his game a little bit and uh, – Hank hit on this yesterday when we were talking about the Kentucky game. I thought Josh Gray may have played his best game in a Gamecock uniform against Kentucky on Tuesday because of his mass and size. I, I think they uh, Andy may be onto something with the absence. You'd like to have Studi in there. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like they've missed him for two games. See what they do when he comes back, if he comes off the bench maybe. All right, bottom of the hour. Be right back. Back we are, Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornbluth, Pat Daniel here in Columbia. And Chris Bergen from the Bergie Palace in Sardis. Phone number 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Tonight, College of Charleston going to play Hampton. Uh, Cougars lost two in a row, didn't they? Didn't they lose two last week? They lost to Wilmington over the weekend, I know. Yep. And they uh, lost to Towson before bit. that. Lost to Towson. Now, Wilmington's having a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, Wilmington beat Kentucky, too. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, that was early in the season. Of course, yeah, Wilmington is good. Yeah, much earlier. Mm-hmm. Appalachian has the early 3 nothing lead on Georgia Southern as we get underway with basketball tonight across the country. Of course, really, in all the basketball, as I scroll through the schedule, in all the basketball, there's nothing bigger than this South Carolina LSU women's game. Uh, let me see. Is there anything out west? Any Pac-12 games of note tonight? You got uh, Arizona, number nine, against Oregon State. But, no, that shouldn't be. Oregon State's not very good. So, heck, yeah, I'd say this women's game's probably oh, yeah. the uh, the top thing on the marquee for basketball tonight. And they're going to tip it off a little bit eight, after 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time, 7 o'clock out in uh, Louisiana. Pat, what you got? Just a quick note, looking through LSU's roster, and just Haley Van Lith, I feel like has been, if you're an LSU fan, a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment so far this year. And I'm looking at her and just can't help but wonder if she might be a spark plug or kind of an outlier or wild card for the Tigers against the Gamecocks tonight, almost, almost overlooked. If you look at her, she's only averaging 11.6 points a game this year, whereas last year she had 19.7. So she's down eight points from what she did last year at Louisville. She's below two rebounds a game, whereas she averaged almost five last season. She is a little bit higher in assists, about the same with steals and blocks, fewer turnovers. But she right now, if I'm reading this right, she is the sixth sixth leading scorer for, or sorry, fifth leading scorer for the Tigers right now. And I just, if you're Dawn Staley's club, I think you got to go in and, and kind of keep an eye on her because at some point she's going to start start getting hers. 
And tonight, you got to think the focus is on Angel Reese and some of those bigger players underneath for the for the Tigers. But Haley Van Lith is very capable of putting up a lot of points in a hurry out on the perimeter. Six scorers and double figures averaging for LSU. So they do have balance up and down their lineup. Uh, and so South Carolina uh, will be certainly challenged tonight defensively. They've been a great defensive team all season long, as we pointed out. So this will be probably their best test from that standpoint. Uh, a few other things to talk about tonight. And our phone number, 888 Some lines are open right now if you want to join us. We'll have a recruiting report coming up for you. In fact, got a detailed story on Ryan Montgomery on our website, sportstalksc.com where we go in detail with his father on where things stand right now. And, I mean, South Carolina is in great shape with this uh, young man at this point. I think if South Carolina were a national contender, they'd have him locked up, to be honest with you. You know, if they were a power, they'd have him locked up. Uh, The thing they have to contend with is the future. Can they make that sell that the future would be bright with you being here, that we'll have the offensive linemen to protect you and the receivers to catch the ball from you to make uh, South Carolina contender in the SEC. That's what a guy like that is certainly looking for as uh, as he makes the decision. Our poll question of the week, we're up to 879 votes. Who do you expect to be the Gamecock starting quarterback game one this year? 91.4% Lenora Sellers, 4.1% Robbie Ashford, 3.4% Luke Doty and 1.1% going with Dante Reno. Upstate, for the first time in their history, preseason favorite to win the Big South Baseball Championship as voted on by the coaches. And that is certainly uh, a tip of the cap to what uh, Coach McGuire and that crew did last year. And of course, he's got an excellent program uh, going on there in Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. And they are expected to be uh, very, very good. They got 79 of a possible uh, 81 votes. So uh, see how good they're going to be this year and um, see if they pick up where they left off last season. Also, uh, Clemson women voted in a tie for second for the ACC softball championship in the preseason poll of those coaches. Florida State was voted number one. Clemson and Duke finished in a tie for second and uh let's see what else um oh jim powell put out a tweet today former co-host of sports talk yeah yeah he announced that he will not be back with the braves in any capacity after 15 years of at one point being one of their regular announcers then sort of for whatever reason slipping into the background and he was used on a uh, irregular basis, fill in and things like that. Um, and now he is uh, no longer going to be with the Braves organization. So uh, wish him well. He said he'll update things on what he's going to do in the future uh, at some point. And if he'll continue doing Major League Baseball or some other baseball, we'll have to wait and see. So there you go with uh, Jim Powell, who... Uh, Partially cut his teeth right here in Columbia on Sports Talk. Mm-hmm. I got a quick follow up to a point you brought up about Lamont Paris and the job he's going to have to do of sort of uh, bringing his team back down to earth. 
I think the one thing that probably separates his team this year versus, say, last year after they beat Kentucky, because you'll remember after they beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena, they came back and you thought that might be a turning point for them. And Texas A&M beat them by 41 the following Saturday mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And that started an eight-game losing streak. I think the experience and the oldness, if you will, and the veterans on that team, I think that's the bigger difference between this year's squad and last year's team. They were so young and, and reliant so much on Gigi Jackson and some of the younger guys on that team that they didn't know how to handle success. I think this year's team is is much older group, much more veteran group, and I think they'll be able to handle it a lot better. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to beat Missouri, but I don't anticipate them losing by 41 to Missouri on Saturday. No, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> You're exactly right. And let's face it, um, Michi Johnson went crazy at Rupp Arena last year. 26 points, a bunch of threes. That was just a freak win. Mm-hmm. When you think about the entirety of the season and what that team became, that was just a freak win. I mean, it was yep. good for the Gamecocks, but, you know, that was just a, a one-off. They weren't a very good team last year. They did not play last year with the chemistry, with the um, teamwork that this team plays with. Back-to-back games of 20 assists. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah no question. I think you can't, uh, you know, that rarely happens that, First of all, you make that number of shots where you got that number of assists. But back-to-back games against quality uh, quality opponents. I mean, Arkansas on the road, Kentucky at home, quality opponents. So that's good basketball, and that's playing well together as a team. So that team last year just didn't have it. I mean, I know they had G.G. Jackson, and you know, folks were excited about uh, him being there. But it was like the, I pointed out last year, similar situation to what Georgia had with Ant Williams. You had the great individual player, but you didn't have enough to go with him. And he alone wasn't enough to elevate you, you know. Ant Williams couldn't do it at Georgia, and Gigi Jackson couldn't do it at South Carolina. Williams, of course, now is one of the best players in the NBA. And Gigi Jackson's having some good moments in the NBA as well. Obviously players, but just not enough around them in their respective situations for their one year in college. And you really wonder, for South Carolina's standpoint, was it really worth it? You know, was it worth the NIL money? Was it worth it to Lamont Paris to kind of have to build everything around this uh, highly highly touted high school guy um, that kind of fell into your lap after it didn't work out for him with North Carolina? And, um, you know, you weren't able to build the same kind of team chemistry that you've got now you couldn't build that last year for whatever reason and maybe the fact too you got a brand new coach stepping in as well made for kind of a perfect storm of uh of breakdowns in 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 trying to build that continuity within a team you think jackson would fit better on this year's team or would there be a role for him, or would they be as good and connected as they are if they had still a superstar-type player? Because I don't think they have – still they don't have an NBA lottery-type pick on that team. But as a collective group, they're considerably better than they were last year. I mean, do you think Gigi would fit better this year than he did last year? Well, think about this. you got a veteran group that would, you know, probably take a young guy like that and grab him by the earlobes and say, hey, man, settle yep. down, you know, with all your social media and all your complaining and all this sort of stuff. Let's just kind of settle down here. you got an older group. You know, 
Jackson was kind of thought of as the savior of last year's team. Mm-hmm. Michi Johnson had just transferred in, as I recall. Wasn't that wasn't last year Michi's first year? Yeah, he wasn't there for one year under Frank, right? Did he play? No. Did Frank recruit him, or did he come in after Frank? Help me out here. Mm, but I think last year was, was Johnson's first year, I think. Um, and all the others. I mean, they had a bunch of – they had a bunch of first-year guys uh, coming together. Not a lot of um, good veteran leadership like you see on this year's team. So, right. But I think this year's bunch, like a B.J. Mack and an older Michi Johnson and a Studi and, um, uh, all, I mean, practically, you know, a, a Wright's an older guy, and they would say, you know, they would say, hey, let's settle down and let's play within the team concept here and let's make everybody better than last just year was, worried about your own points. And last year was Michi's first year Yeah, after two yeah. years at Ohio State. Yeah. All right, uh, we go to the break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from the new running backs coach at South Carolina, Markwell Blackwell, who met with the media last week as uh, Shane Beamer now thought he had a complete staff until Pete Limbo took off for uh, Buffalo. So we'll hear from the Gamecocks' new running backs coach and give you little bit of uh, insight from him as to what he's looking forward to doing with the Gamecocks running backs. And then 7.05, it'll be Mike Morgan with us. 7.35, we'll hear from Ben Portnoy, give you some recruiting as well. And going to try and work in a little Mark Kingston action for you too. Gamecock baseball coach met with the media yesterday. Eric Backich at Clemson is going to talk with the media prior to the start of their practice tomorrow, so we'll have that for you tomorrow as well. Be right back. Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County? For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. 
When trouble comes like the accidents do, we all get sick and the bills pile too. There's only one number that can help see you through. And if you're healthy, here's what you should do. Call 605-7905. That's the number that you need to know. 605-7905. Zero dollar deductible What's a deductible you say That's the price you have to pay Before the insurance will say We'll help you They keep that number out of reach Because they know that you won't reach That number because they know You're healthy 605-7905 Zero dollar deductible 605-7905 All right, South Carolina's football coaching staff, of course, going through a little bit of turnover and one of those spots that has a new voice and a new face, running back room, Markwell Blackwell, uh, joining the Gamecocks after a year at Texas A&M. Before that, he was at Ole Miss, where he's credited with helping to develop Quinshawn Judkins, making him one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, Former quarterback at the University of South Florida. So he's he's got offense deeply in his background. Let's find out more about him from him as he talked with the media. Um, was it late last week? Late last week. Talked with the media about coming to South Carolina and taking over what appears to be a pretty talented running back room. Um, you've seen him kind of from the opposite sideline the past two years. What's it like going to be to coach Rocket Sanders? <laughs> um, looking forward to it, you know, um, a uh, great football player. Um, talking to him the last couple of days, a great person. Um, looking forward to him coming in and competing um, and getting this room to be an elite room in the SEC. Hey, Coach Blackwell, Joe Machik at GamecockCentral.com. Um, so my first question is, you know, it's rare when you can come into a, a running back's room that is fully restocked like this one is. How much did that entice you and how much did that make an impact in your decision to come to South Carolina? Um. I'm pretty. I've been in this situation before, um, um, two places ago, um, where everybody was in the room new. We had a pretty good season, so hopefully that, you know, we have some luck, and that that happens that way. Uh, but like you know, just meeting with those guys and you know, um, just talking to them. You know, really, what we want to do is build a strong foundation where we support, take care of each other, um, make sure we're getting better every day, um, and doing things the right way. Um, you know, looking for those guys to be leaders of the, you know. The, First of all, being a great, you know, leaders of the offense, you know, and hopefully we could be leaders of the team, which would develop and being a special group, you know. So uh, just talking with those guys and, um, you know, they look pretty excited. You know, we look. I'm looking forward to getting going with them. Hey, Mark. Hell, Pete Iacobelli with the Associated Press here in town. Uh, similar to what I asked James, what do you want to see? What are people going to see out of your running backs when they hit the field this fall? Uh, um, tough competitive group. Um, you know, uh, guys that's, you know, physical, um, uh, making one guy miss and, you know, big explosive plays. 
Uh, but I always tell them every time before we play a game or as we go on through that preparation, there's two things we need to do to be successful. It's, uh, one, we must take care of the football. All right. And uh, the next thing, we must take care of the quarterback. All right. If we do those two things, we'll be fine. Hey, Coach, I'm Hale McGranahan with the BigSpur.com. When you're evaluating running backs, high school level, college level, whatever, what, what are some of the things you, you want to see in a, in a guy that you're trying to target and recruit and get to join your football team? Obviously, you want to get a you know a size, but we know we're not seeing guys, big guys. We're not being seen guys that's you know uh, smaller, you know. Uh, but I think you got to have tough guys, you know, at that position. Um, you have to have guys that's you know explosive, uh, make people miss in small small spaces, um, willing blockers, um, you know, and um, guys, you know, ultimately you want a three down guy, you know, and um, hopefully our room was full of three down guys, you know, and um, like I told them before, I've been fortunate. Uh, to coach a lot of good rooms, you know, going back to my days at Toledo, uh, West Virginia, um, had a really good group at Ole Miss. Um, it's enough balls. We just got to do things the right way. Hey, Mark, well, uh, Mike, you have a Gamecock Central. Oh, bingo. Yeah, I'm not the biggest guy. <laughs> um, what, what makes you the running back coach that you are? I'm sure there's multiple layers to that recruiting and developing and all that, but to you, what makes you, you? Um, I always take pride in being a ball coach. You know, um, not just a specific coach. I've been fortunate enough to coach a lot of positions. Um, I grew up a quarterback. So the biggest thing with that is letting them see the game through the quarterback eyes. You know, from a, a standpoint of knowing what everybody's doing. It's amazing some places that, you know, guys just know how to run the ball. You know what I mean? But if you know you run the ball and you know what everybody's doing, you know, um, that tends to translate into really good things. Hey, Mark, called Jordan K with the state newspaper. Um, over the last 13, 15 years, there's not many guys who have been at more places than you. You're not new to coming into a room and not knowing anyone. How have you learned over those that time to create buy-in with a group of guys you don't know? Uh, I want to start. That deal was, if you look at it, it was a progression. It wasn't nothing really lateral, you know what I mean? And um, I mean, I say that because that's using recruiting, you know what I mean? But um, the biggest thing is trust. You know what I mean? Being around those guys. They have to trust you. Um, the next thing is being honest and upfront. You know, um, owning a standard, understanding the standard, holding everybody accountable to the standard. The next thing is communication. You know, we must communicate. You know, I just went through, through it with a couple of those guys, and that's, you know, that's a big thing with me. You know, I'm not a guy that's just going to sit back and say, hey, this is the only way you do things. You know what I mean? You got a lot of different guys that come from a lot of different places that you got to relate a lot of different ways, you know. So just being open, honest, you know what I mean, by understanding what the standard is and holding them to it. Hey, coach, being a quarterback yourself in the past, now being a running backs coach, there are a couple guys in this quarterback room that could participate pretty highly in the run game. They've got some wheels. Just how tempted are you going to be to maybe stick your head into that room as well? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane, man. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, we got some great coaches around here. You know, and allow those guys to do what they have to do. My most important deal is making sure I take care of what I need to take care of, you know, and, um, and just keep developing those guys and making sure, you know, that we become great teammates. And if those guys do run, we got to clean them up and get them up, pick them up. You know. All right, there you go. Some words from the Gamecocks' new running backs coach. Sounds like uh, the real deal there. We'll see how he does. Gamecock running backs uh, not been very productive overall last three years. It's been a while since they had a – thousand yard rusher so we'll see if he can work with the offensive line quarterback and get more production out of that room uh, i had a chance uh, last night to look over the acc football schedule 
that came out last night. Didn't have a chance to look at it while I was on the air, except for Clemson's. Found this kind of interesting. So there are three teams, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, that do not have to go to the West Coast. Look at Cal's schedule. If you're Cal, look at this road schedule. You're going to play September 7th at Auburn. Two weeks later, you're going to play at Florida State. And then October 12th, you're going to play at Pittsburgh. And then November 8th, you're going to play at Wake Forest. And on top of that, November 30th, you're going to play at SMU. Short of teams that have to go play Hawaii, has there ever been a team with that kind of travel schedule? Think about it. Consider Auburn. That's practically the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Close oh, enough. Yeah. So that's one. Florida State is two. Pitt is three. Wake would be four. That's four cross-country trips from Northern California and then halfway across the country to SMU. I mean, that's just great. I mean, what are you asking of these of these football players? I mean, come on. I mean, it's insane. And I am surprised, and this is going to sound silly, but in our modern era of the way, if you're still supposed to be student-athletes and they're still trying to get a degree, yeah. and with the availability of doing school online, I'm surprised the Atlantic Coast Conference didn't look at, let's take Cal, for instance, when they went to Florida State, also have them play – at Miami the following week and just have them stay in Florida for two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe do you know school remotely that week, and then they don't have to win. That would cut down at least one trip to the East Coast. I wonder if that will be something they'll explore moving forward. I bet you the players would vote for that. I guarantee they would. Even though you're from Cal a couple of weeks in, my, in, in Florida? Heck yeah. They'd sign mm-hmm. up for that in a heartbeat. That is tough, though, when you think about it. That is a tough, tough schedule. All right, we'll hit the break. We'll be back top of the hour. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. We are back on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. On a big Thursday night, those of you just joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. You missed a terrific first hour. You can go back and listen to the entire show once we're done. Everything's put in podcast form, so it's there forever. That's right. Even when we are dead and buried and, uh, you know, returned to natural status, you can go back and listen to Sports Talk 50, 60 years from now, 70 years from now. That's kind of creepy. (laughs) <laughs> when we've born ass- from beyond the grave when we've assumed room temperature <laughs> you can still go back and listen to sports talk at many of your favorite podcast locations including soundcloud and apple podcast spotify google podcast pat podcast uh and every other podcast that you can think of uh speaking of podcasts uh we welcome in to sports talk for another edition of morgan on the move the prince of the podcast, the pontificator of the podcast. He is Mike Morgan, brought to you by, among others, State Farm agent Gary Patterson. For 35 years, Gary's been serving 
the real estate needs from Lugolf to Lexington, Columbia to Blythewood, your auto home, life insurance, and business insurance, they can all be handled by Gary Patterson. When Gary isn't refereeing ACC football games, he is spending countless hours helping South Carolinians with all their insurance needs. In fact, I think I saw him at a Wake Forest game take a call from a client uh, during an extra point attempt. Anyway, uh, he is also making a difference. That's a joke, people. He's also making a difference in the community. So go out and check on GaryPatterson.net today, and Gary will go over all the best plans for you and your family. That's GaryPatterson.net. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at LoveChevy.com. Find new roads. And now a man who has more sponsors and better walk-up music than Jimmy Kimmel. We bring you Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move. Morg, how are you? I'm doing fine. I like that uh, that Gary Patterson uh, story. I, I I don't know if that's true, but I think he should go with that. I mean, how cool would that be in the middle of refereeing a game on national TV? Mm. <laughs> Guy lines up for a for a big kick, and there you see Gary on the corner of your screen taking out his cell phone and handling an auto insurance claim. That's that's a that's a guy who cares right there. That's a State Farm difference. Well, I was trying to keep it simple, but, I mean, we can make it more dramatic. I was trying to keep it to an extra point in a Wake Forest game. But it could be a, a game-winning field hey. goal in a Notre Dame game, and uh, he or, gets a phone call. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It could be 22-22 with the extra point. Could be the, the difference in a Wake Forest-Duke clash of the Titans. He could be like, who was the NFL player who scored a touchdown and then his celebration was like he pulled out his cell. No, he actually went and got his cell phone from the inside the padding around the goalpost, that didn't was, he? That was Joe Horn, whose son played for the Gamecocks. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, you're sounding good. I know yeah. you were uh, fighting it a little bit uh, last night uh, going to your ball games. So I'm glad you're feeling better. You'll be in Columbia <clears throat> for the Gamecocks in Missouri. What about – the win over Kentucky by the Gamecocks, how much did that resonate around the country? Well, you know, I had Kentucky the game before against Georgia, and that resonated because Kentucky looked so good. Uh, they were already the most talented team in the country, and then you add the, the big Z kid who just just went off uh, and, and one of the more amazing off-the-bench debuts I've ever seen. So they had the national spotlight. So when you're playing the team with the national spotlight, you have the national spotlight. And for Carolina to absolutely <clears throat> lay a beat down on Kentucky in front of a sellout crowd, uh, that all of a sudden, I, I think that was the kind of exposure you can't buy. Uh, it was a game, on a again, on a Tuesday night. There's not a whole lot else going on. And everybody wanted to see – uh, and I say everybody now. Obviously, we're talking outside of Gamecock Nation. Mm-hmm. On a national basis, a lot of people were enamored with the Kentucky story and the, the Big Z story. And then they, what they tuned into was, oh, my goodness, uh, who are these guys? And, you know, for, for those of us who've been covering the league and Carolina all year long, it's not that big of a surprise in terms of what they did. It's, it's how they did it. I mean, how they dominated 
I'm not surprised they won the game at home. I think if you're a good if you're a good team, and this is obviously a good team, you can pull off an upset almost uh, over anybody at home. Uh, but to dismantle and absolutely annihilate Kentucky the way they did, that was the surprising part to me. So here is little old Lamont Paris against John Calipari, and he's two and zero lifetime against him. That's yeah. uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming when Paris took over at South Carolina that he'd be two and zero against Kentucky. Maybe last year was a one off, but not this year. That was a downright convincing, well coached, well prepared win by South Carolina. But now I think, and you know the ebbs and flow of this sort of thing, because South Carolina is a good team, but it's not a super team yet. Maybe it morphs into one. They have got to be doubly prepared for this Missouri game that you'll call on Saturday. Missouri's winless in the league. They played a close game with the Gamecocks just recently out in Cuomo. uh, I'm sorry, Como. And if if they're not on their game, if the fans are not there in the same sort of fervor they were on Tuesday night, they could just come out and lay an egg here, and everything they gained on Tuesday night will go down the drain. No, I, I mean that's a great point. Uh, it you know they Missouri had Texas A and M on the ropes just a few nights ago in College Station. In, in other words, they're going to beat some people, and they're going to snake bite some people. And if you're not careful, it's going to be you. So you're absolutely right. And to your other point, you know the the, the brilliance of this coaching job by Lamont Paris is that they're not the most talented team. They're not even close to the most talented team. If you just base it on things like NBA, like pro-type guys, you know, if this were a combine, I'm not sure who on the the roster. I mean, the, the, the Murray Boyles kid might be the most highly sought-after NBA prospect a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's, you know, thankfully that's not what college basketball is won on all the time. If it was, Kentucky and Coach Cal would have about a dozen national championship trophies instead of the one that they have since he's taken over. Uh, what, what Lamont Paris has done is institute a, a culture there, the way they play the game. Uh, they, they do not concede anything on the defensive end, and they, they don't compromise their style. It's not always the prettiest, just like if, you've been, if you watched Wisconsin under Bo Ryan, which clearly that's where, he, that's where his pedigree is. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm watching a Wisconsin game from 10 years ago when I watched this Carolina team play. And those Wisconsin teams won a lot of games against teams that were quote-unquote more talented. Uh, but the system, look, defense and handling the basketball, that travels. If you play D and you value possession and you don't just turn it over, uh, that travels no matter where you are, and it's going to help you win games – where you're not the most talented team. So, I look, I and I've said this on the the ITG show, Inside the Gamecocks, J.C. Sherbert and Jamie Bradford, part of the Chief Sports Network, mm-hmm. which I know you're proud to be a part of. Proud. Um, I, 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 I've confessed, I have a man crush on Talon Cooper. I just love the way he plays the game. I've been saying that for two months. And without him, I don't know where this team would be. It's not, you know, he averages under 10 points a game. But if you, if you really understand the game and you truly – Watch the way he plays. Watch the way he defends. How he controls the game. You know, five more assists, zero turnovers. He's got either the number one or number two assist to turnover ratio in the league. That to me uh, is a stat that spells wins. Uh, I, I think he is the most valuable player. Meachie's been terrific. Uh, 
you know, the Mac was a huge get in the portal. And you know, Coach Paris told me last year when he was taking all his lumps, he said, "I'm promise you one thing: we're going to be very active in the portal, and this thing's going to look a lot different." And it's exactly what he's done, and it's exactly what it is. And I just think it's a it's a tremendous story. It reminds me a little bit of the '04 team that came out of nowhere with no expectations and made it to the one NCAA tournament team Dave Odom had with Bachman and Kinsey and Boynton and Kelly. Uh, Wallace and, and those guys came out of nowhere and, and went to the big dance. I think this team can do the same thing. Hey, Mike, listen, man, you don't have to apologize. Real men don't have to apologize for having a man crush. Just think me and Larry Bird, okay? You got a man crush on Talon Cooper? Yes. That's absolutely yes. fine, okay? I understand where I'm you're I'm okay from. with it. Yeah. I'm secure with it. There you go. I, I'm secure with it 100%. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, moving along, Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk. And, Mike, you talked about the commitment to defense. And, and I look at Lamont Paris and what he's brought to South Carolina. He's almost like a dodo bird. I mean, we've gone mm-hmm. so far away to the other side where if you don't score 90 points a game like Kentucky, you don't have a shot. Well, what they've been able to compensate with is their ability to shoot threes. But I, I thought it was eye-popping watching his team and then him describe what they do on during the game after the win over Kentucky. He said every timeout they had, all they talked about was defense. He has, he has very little interest. He said his guys go out and hoop on the offensive end, but he's got standards to maintain defensively. In, in your opinion, is that style of play attractive first off and also sustainable, not just this year but moving forward? Well, look, I, I think the most attractive style of play for any recruit or any kid in the portal is they want to go where you can win. And, you know, I think for a while there, kind of the, the bandwagon uh, coaching hires, it's like, okay, which coach could promise more up-tempo than the next guy? Well, we're going to run fast. No, we're going to run even faster. And, and all that's great, except if you're just missing a bunch of shots and turning it over, uh, that, that up-tempo basketball gets you nothing. You, there's There's – multiple ways to be a good basketball team and you don't have the talent at South Carolina that you do at some of the top 10 elite programs that are more suited to play that I mean it's not unlike what Steve Spurrier did and when he took the the South Carolina football job he changed the way he did things he didn't run the fun and gun he won games on defense he won games of Marcus Lattimore pounding the rock 35 times Uh, that's okay a win is a win and I think the DNA of what Lamont Paris does to, to win games actually fits very nicely with the kind of players that he's going to be able to attract at South Carolina. But, again, the more he wins, like if they get to the tournament this year, and that's, that's I mean, right there, that's a coup. Remember, this team was picked last in the league, not by me, right. but by the voters in Birmingham. And, Phil, I know you were there with me. Mm-hmm. We had to fill out a ballot. I, I don't know where I had Carolina. I know it wasn't 14 or anywhere close to it. Uh, if they get to the tournament, it's already SEC Coach of the Year in my mind. If they win a game or two, a lot of people across the country are going to realize there's something good going on in Columbia, and I think a number of recruits will be attracted to that, and a number of players in the portal will be attracted to that. Not to mention, if you and I've, I've said this for years, when people talk about the Colonial Life Arena, it's too big, it's too this, it's too that. When this team is good, they pack it. And I expect there to be a great crowd on Saturday as well. And I don't think anybody was worried about the the building being too big with 18,000 fans screaming Mm. in a win against Kentucky. And I don't think it'll be an issue on Saturday against Missouri. 
Mike, there are 10 teams right now in the SEC within two games of the lead. I would have thought before last night that Auburn may be the best because they had not lost uh, since Appalachian State beat them back in December. But as we approach the midway point of the conference season, who is the team to beat, in your mind, in the SEC? Well, here's the thing, and, and I hope the fans take this the right way. You know what the dumbest chant in sports is? When you beat somebody that you're not supposed to beat, and I don't know if this happened or not because I wasn't there. I didn't hear it on the TV screen. Overrated. When you chant, over, overrated. <laughs> so, in other words, what you're doing is you're just taking away from what you accomplished. Mm. The best team in this league is still Kentucky. That's right. It's still mm. Kentucky. And, and Kentucky, quite frankly, has the best chance of being in the Final Four of anybody in the league. So take that for what it's worth. You just beat one of the best teams in the country, the most talented team in the country, the team that's going to have a load of lottery picks in the country, and you beat them up good. And maybe you'll see them again in Nashville during the SEC tournament. Who knows? But I still think it's Kentucky 1, it's Tennessee 2, it's Auburn 3, and I would say Alabama probably 4. And then 5 through about 13, it's anybody can beat anybody. I don't think there's a huge difference between 5 and 13, and I still think this league is wired to get 8, maybe 9, but I feel really good about 8, and I feel really good right now about Carolina being one of those 8. So, Mike, before I transition real quick to NFL and some of the coaching hires, just had a quick soundbite here of uh, uh, Phil's take on mm. his love and admiration for yeah. Larry Bird. Don't this be embarrassed. one hunk of a man. Yeah. Just want to make sure I get out there. And uh, yeah. So now, with the NFL, Not too, embarrassed by that. Nor should you be. Real men. So the Panthers ended up going with Dave Canales, the offense coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not sure if they even completed an inter- interview with Mike Vrabel or not, but the Panthers have their guy. David Tepper has his next guy. And uh, the Atlanta Falcons over in your territory went with Raheem Morris, the defense coordinator coming over from the, uh, from the Rams. Your thoughts on those two hires? Uh, um. I, look, I, I gave up on trying to figure out what the Panthers are doing uh, a, a year or two ago. We all have, Mike. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I have nothing for you there. I really don't. But in terms of the Falcons, I, the, they clearly wanted Belichick. They missed. They clearly wanted Harbaugh. They missed. Raheem Morris is a hire that inspires no one. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know he was in Atlanta for a while. I know everybody likes Raheem Morris. I know he's been a head coach before, um, but that that is a that is a hire that motivates and inspires nothing with a fan base that is very frustrated and disgruntled, and a franchise that still doesn't have a quarterback and now has a retread as a head coach. Mike, just to add to to the Panthers, we've all been equally confused about that. In the entire history of the Panthers organization, there have been nine head coaches. That's including full-time and interim coaches. Six of those nine have been under David Tepper, soon to be seven out of the ten coaches in the (laughs) history of the Panthers franchise. Also, his Charlotte MLS team has had three coaches and is currently trying to hire the fourth, and they've only played two seasons. Just putting that out there. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, uh, he's clearly uh, doing things his way, and – you know, I, I know some people over there that used to work for him, um, but it's it's just a different deal over there. You know, I, I I don't know what the interest level is in most of South Carolina because there really is nothing about the Panthers 
that says South Carolina. It's always been Charlotte's team, mm-hmm. and they've had chances to kind of bridge that gap. But honestly, uh, they haven't done it. It's it's everything about it has been has been Charlotte's team. And so, you know, as I come here to Columbia and I, you know, kind of feel the culture a little bit, I don't I don't see a whole lot of people gung ho on Panther football. I mean, so that's that's part of the issue in in itself. Is are are they really are they really connecting with a fan base? Across the state line, it's not that far away, but, you know, there are other options. I mean, a lot of the people around here, the older fans are Falcon fans or Washington fans, and some of the newer fans have adopted other teams. Uh, I wonder if they can ever kind of get to reach their tentacles out to South Carolina and be more of the team for here. Because in the meantime, I'm not sure if the fan base is overly concerned about who they hire. Yeah. I don't think they're that concerned about the fan base here in South Carolina. You know, we're so tied up with the Gamecocks and the Tigers anyway. Uh, They would be, uh, the Panthers would be, you know, third third on the totem pole at best and maybe even lower than that behind some of the other schools, but certainly not touching uh, Clemson in in South Carolina during during football season. Uh, You're already in town, I take it? Excuse me, yes, I am in town. You can hear the recruiting report live. While you're in oh, town, so sweet. get ready. I got a report. I got a an offer going out to a 27 cornerback that we'll be talking wow. about. Yeah, so get ready and for that. Uh, that is down to, uh, from what I understand, if I read your your newsletter correctly, South Carolina, North Carolina, East Carolina, Western Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina State, South Carolina Upstate, Charleston Southern, North Carolina State, North Carolina Upstate, South Carolina Upstate. Coastal Carolina. That's what I heard. That's what I read. Could be wrong. Well, he's dropping a top twenty-five in about two weeks. So. Okay. Well, brought to you there. by Sea Wells. Don't forget that. Brought, brought to you by Sea Wells. That's right. Hey, it's too to bad. Too bad you're not. Uh, you didn't come. Well, Sea Wells is uh, closed tomorrow for a private event. So today was um, roast beef Friday on a Thursday. So you missed that. So oh. maybe next time well, in I'm- town. I'm going to hit my uh, my man Billy over at D's Wings off of Meeting Street. That's whenever I come back in town. you got a couple of staples. Mm-hmm. you got D's. you got Salsarita. So I make sure to hit those two to get some good grub. I can't get that in Atlanta. No, you can't. Columbia has things that you just can't get in Atlanta, that's for sure. Mike, Very true. you have a uh, – hey, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll come by and wave at you if they let me on the floor, uh, and then we'll just go from there. Well, that would be Saturday, but I would love to see you tomorrow anyway. I mean, Saturday, yeah, 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 yeah. But keep in mind this, too. I hate to – here's the other thing. Uh, yeah, there's a basketball game tomorrow. I mean, Saturday. There is a basketball game. But probably, more importantly, at halftime, Shane Beamer is going to introduce the newest members of the football team, the guys that oh. joined the program at uh, midterm. And then he's going like to talk it. to the media for a few minutes afterwards – back in the bowels of the Colonial Life Arena. So, in other words, the media will miss about the first 10 minutes of the second half. So. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but if they want, they can go back and watch the DVR. Mm. And uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll still uh, keep calling the game, even when Shane's talking. Do you think you'll have Shane on live television on Saturday, maybe? Uh, if he wants to. We've, we've done coaches' interviews before. Mm-hmm. We've had several on. Yeah. You know, it, it really depends. I don't want to... I don't want to cut into uh, his valuable time. He's got a press conference. There's a lot of stuff going on. Mm. But uh, if we can't get him, we'll, we'll, we'll get you instead. I'm always available. 
Uh, we look forward to Always that. Always available. Think, or uh, Teddy Hefner. I, I get, think America needs more corn. I can get Teddy for you. Now, Teddy Hefner's available. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be happy if Teddy can make it to the arena. Okay. I'll see you Saturday, if not tomorrow. Thanks, Mike. All right. Sounds Thanks, Mike. good. See you guys. Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move. Took up the better part of that uh, half hour. We appreciate that. Great stuff from Mike. Glad to have him with us. Glad to know he's uh, feeling a little bit better after fighting through it last night in Gainesville. But that's what the that's what the big ones do. They fight through it. The big ones, they get through it. At least they didn't have it. to yeah. deal with a uh, light delay like they ended up in Auburn, Alabama last night. Did How about you see that? that where the lights I went did. off yeah. in Coleman Coliseum? Mm-hmm. They paid the bill on time. The power company wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't shut them off like that. Uh, let's update a couple things. Uh, basketball, it is the College of Charleston leading at Hampton 26-23. You got 6.55 to play in the first half there. Of course, South Carolina women, LSU women, they tip it off at 8 o'clock. And second round of the Farmers Insurance Open San Diego. They're playing it at Torrey Pines, and they're playing both courses, the North Course and the South Course there. Uh, Your leader after two rounds, Stefan Yeager, 12 under par after a 64. Nikolai Hygard, 11 under par, 66 for him today. Thomas Detry, a 68. He's at 10 under par. Matthew Pavon, a 65. He's at 10 under par. Tony Finau, a 66. He's at 9 under. Michael Kim, a 68. He's at 9 under. Locally, Carson Young, a 69, 5 under. Ben Martin, a 67, 4 under. And Andrew Novak, 71, he's two under. Matt Neesmith, a 77, he's at even. Michael Block, 76, he's at plus one. Looks like the cuts. I guess there is a cut on this one. Or is this going to be another 54-hole? No, this is a 36-hole. The cut's minus three. Minus three on this one. And is this influenced by the NFC and AFC championship games on Sunday? Is that why yep. they are going to be done by exactly. Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they moved it up a day, started <laughs> yesterday. what the NFL does, isn't it? Well, they I mean, they, they golf tournaments. you know, they're seeing where the individ, you know, games are getting 40 million viewers. Now I know. For the playoffs and uh, right now, and, and they realize <laughs> we'll be certainly overlooked <laughs> going up against whatever NFL game we'd, we'd be going up against. So that's probably a smart move. On their part. But, uh, you know, I look at those numbers with a bit of a jaundiced eye. I mean, you're going to tell me. I mean, I get it, I guess. People love football. 40-plus million for a non-Super Bowl broadcast. I still say a lot of that has to do now with the, the gambling aspect of it and the ease of gambling, live gambling, Etc. Etc. It's got to be drawing in these big numbers. All right, we'll hit the break. Be back in just a moment. All right, time for the recruiting report here on Sports Talk. Brought to you by our good friends at Seawells. We mentioned no Seawells Buffet tomorrow. They have a a private event <coughs> going on. I wasn't invited to it. Uh, were you invited to it, Chris? I was not. Yeah. Pat, were you invited to the private event? I was not. Must have got lost in the mail. 
Probably. Probably stuck in the mail somewhere. Just like the rent check. Stuck in the mail. So they're closed to the common man and woman uh, tomorrow. But back open next week for everybody. So make sure you get over there from 11 to 2 to enjoy a tremendous luncheon buffet. And for the very best in the catering business, you just make that one call to Seawells. They'll take care of everything, the planning, the execution, and the cleanup. 803-771-7385 and online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. All right, so had a conversation with the dad of quarterback Ryan Montgomery out of Finlay, Ohio. Name me two people besides Ryan Montgomery from Finlay, Ohio. Chris. Two people. Two people from Finley, Ohio. Finley, Ohio. You should know two people from Finley, Ohio. Boy. Anybody. Pat, look- give me two people from Finley, Ohio. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you be Googling it. He's Googling. See, now, it's so typical. So typical. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, it's, I was going to let you go ahead and make your assumption before I said what I was going to say. What were you going to say? Who, me? Yeah. Typical of what? Typical, typical redhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, I did Google it, but only to then say, nobody's popping up, so I got oh. nothing for you at all. All right. I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And Lamont Paris. How about that? Yeah. He's from Finley, Ohio. When they came in for their visit, they met him, met with him. So anyway, had a great visit to South Carolina, according to Mike Montgomery, the dad, who played college football himself at Miami of Ohio. Of course, he has another son who's a lineman at Ohio State. He said they gave him the red carpet treatment. The thing about South Carolina and them is that amongst all the schools they're considering, South Carolina, more than anybody else, has made Ryan Montgomery the not just number one priority, only priority. They're not recruiting anybody else at quarterback in the 25 class besides Ryan Montgomery. And they've made that clear that they are just throwing every egg they've got into that basket. Other schools, are they want him, but they're also recruiting others and the and they know that they really appreciate how south carolina has come at them as a one and only sort of target and they've done everything they can from all their conversations their meetings they really like beamer they really like dowell loggins and this is where dowell loggins and we knew this would be the case guys his pro background really comes into play here they love the fact that he's coached a lot of nfl quarterbacks uh, they love what he did with Spencer Rattler. When they came in for their visit, they did a FaceTime conversation with Spencer Rattler. That was part of their visit. And Rattler wow. told him about how much he likes Loggins and trusts Loggins and how Loggins helped to develop him and get him to that next level, which he hopes, of course, will be the, the NFL. So all that is very good for South Carolina at this point. You can read the whole story on our website, sportstalksc.com. Is that a uh, smart ploy? Uh-huh. I mean, even if you had a guy like Trevor Lawrence, let's say, and Clemson said, you're the only guy we are recruiting, and you don't get him. I yeah. mean, what's your backup plan? You got one, I guess, but you just don't let anybody know it. Ah, <laughs> you okay. know, you keep Fair that enough. piece of Fair paper enough. in yep. your drawer until you have to go to it, and you hope you have a backup plan. Of course, they're young enough in the quarterback room that, of course, you want to get a quarterback every class. They're young, uh, they're young enough right. in that quarterback room with what they've got. Uh, to, to not be hurt too much. But this is a special talent. This is a guy that threw for 7,000 yards 
and uh, 80-something touchdowns last wow. year. Impressive. Last year? Yeah. Let me make sure I got that right. Hang on. Wow. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait. I'm, that might have been career numbers. That's Hang like on. video game numbers right there. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> well, all right. Now, yeah, I got to double check here. I've got under junior stats, 7,584 yards and 89 touchdowns. That <laughs> might incredible. be. That's incredible. No, that might be. I, I understand why he's their only priority now. Let me double check that. I'm going to have to look that back. Don't hold me to that. That might be career numbers, and I didn't put career around that. So he did break Roethlisberger's career passing record there at uh, the high school. So he's got wow. big numbers, okay? I'll just yeah, tell you that. He's, he's got huge numbers. So just to finish the story, from South Carolina he went to Georgia. Of course, impressed with what Georgia uh, has to offer. Mike Bobo's coming up to watch him play basketball this coming week. And he is going to go to Florida, not this coming weekend, the following weekend. going to take this weekend off. Those are the three. However, there could be a fourth to come into play, and that's Alabama. Because while Nick Saban and company and Tommy Reese and Nick Saban, they weren't recruiting him, DeBoer and his OC at Washington were recruiting him. The only problem was they weren't going to go to Washington. It's too far away. They like both of those coaches. They like DeBoer. They like his OC. So now that they're at Alabama, if, he said, if they were to call, that would be something they'd have to look at. They haven't called yet. And he doesn't know if they will. And if they don't, that's fine. But if they do, then that is something that they possibly would have to take a look at. Now, they're going to meet in a couple of weeks around his basketball schedule, determine if they're done and they're ready to make a decision here pretty soon or if they want to take some spring visits or maybe even an official visit in June. But right now, South Carolina's in it very strongly. Got a great chance in this particular case. Defensive end Anthony Addison, 6'3", 215 of Sumter. Prime target for USC in the 25 class. And he'll return to USC for a junior day Saturday. Give him a chance to talk more detail with Shane Beamer and Sterling Lucas. He visited last March, was in for a game in November. So he's looking forward to coming back and getting more details about how he would fit in with their defensive scheme because he said that's all that matters at the end of the day. And he said that uh, he's looking forward to talking more with Shane Beamer and seeing how he would fit into their program should he choose to go to South Carolina. But he's still keeping his options open. He will visit Tennessee next weekend. Uh, Florida State's been coming on strong with him. He'd like to visit there as well. Coaches from Tennessee, Florida State, Cincinnati, Charlotte, and Wake Forest have been by the school so far this month. He plans to eventually narrow his focus to a small number of schools and then go from there. He'll be joined on the visit by his 2024 teammate, linebacker Antoine Bracey, 6'1", 215, he had 79 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and four interceptions. My guess is South Carolina might be looking at him from a preferred walk-on standpoint, but we'll wait and see what happens there. Clemson offered linebacker Ty Jackson, 6'2", 200, of Loxahatchee, Florida. USC offered 2027 cornerback Kenton Dobson III of Miami. How about that? 2027. And USC coaches yesterday visited with defensive end Isaiah Gibson of Warner Robins, Georgia. Also Shane Beamer yesterday 
saw offensive tackle David Sanders of Charlotte, former USC commitment defensive end Zay Hardy, who's now at East Mississippi Junior College, tweeted out that he was offered by Mississippi State. He also told us he's still hearing from South Carolina. Don't know how serious that is, but that's what he said. Clemson target defensive end Isaiah Campbell of Durham was offered today by Texas A&M and Ohio State. I think he's visiting Clemson tomorrow. Clemson's supposed to have about, not tomorrow, Saturday. Why do I think today is Friday? Is it because I slept to noon? Will that make you think it's a Friday? <laughs> uh, it's thrown because off my maybe own. I'm here. Yeah, that's right. Normally I'm not you here know on what? Thursday. That's what yep. it is. You're not here on Thursdays. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Campbell's supposed to visit Clemson. They're supposed to have like 25 or so in. A lot of offensive linemen coming in for Clemson, like seven offensive linemen coming in for their junior day. Rock Hill receiver Malik Clark was offered by Virginia Tech. Sumter defensive end uh, Anthony Addison, more on him. He was offered by James Madison. Uh, Camden defensive back Jordan Krim offered by Appalachian State. The Krim de la Krim. How about that? That'd be a good little branding name. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm the Krim de la Krim. I'll sell that to him. There you go. 2026 offensive tackle Anthony Baxter of South Point was offered by Duke and Virginia Tech. 2026 receiver Jordan Gidron of Ridgeview was offered by Georgia Tech and Appalachian State. Miami coaches were in yesterday to see Clemson and USC target safety Jonte Gilbert from Atlanta. Gilbert supposed to visit USC this weekend. And Georgia coaches were in on Wednesday to see major Clemson target defensive end Bryce Davis of Greensboro, North Carolina. And one more visiting South Carolina this weekend will be defensive end Jared Smith. Jared Smith out of Alabaster. Oh, yeah. He's one of those Alabasters. Mm-hmm. Comes from that great Thompson High program in Alabaster, you Alabaster. Uh, 6'6", 230, visiting South Carolina this weekend. And then next weekend, he is scheduled to visit Florida. Well, there you go with the recruiting report for tonight. And, Phil, Ryan Montgomery, I found his stats here. For last year, his 2023 stats were 3,377 passing yards, 71% passing percentage, 38 passing touchdowns. Wow, and 10 rushing touchdowns. He broke Ben Roethlisberger's school record for passing yards in a single game with 491 yards. So you must have been looking at the career stats. Either way, impressive. Also, you may have already mentioned this, so I might be repeating this, but his older brother was one of the top offensive line recruits in the class of 2023 who signed and is now at Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, when I think about it, 7,500 yards in a season, Chris, that's a bit much. Yeah. That would be, that, uh, that would be. And like I said, it, it would make sense if they were going to put all their eggs in that basket. What I want him me, too. What bothers me is that I read it and like didn't think twice about it until I thought twice about it. That's like 700 yards a game. <laughs> 89 touchdowns in a season. All right, we need to take a break, and i got to drink more of my coffee, and then we'll come back, and uh, we can take some phone calls to wrap it up. Uh, 888-898-2525 is our phone number. Uh, We had planned to have Ben Portnoy with us at the bottom of the hour, but we missed out with Ben tonight. We'll get him another night, and we'll be back after this break right here on Sports Talk. Don't go away.
Last year was a big year for Founders Federal Credit Union and our amazing members. A total of $30 million was given back to qualifying members in the form of loyalty bonus dividends, proving once again that it pays to be a Founders member. Founders is also committed to pouring time and resources into the local communities we serve. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting for? Join Founders today. Visit foundersfcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Hi, yes, uh, I'll have the club sandwich and house salad. You got it, sweetie. I'll throw in a pair of designer sunglasses as well. Um, just lunch, thanks. How about a week at my boss's oceanfront villa? What? When you join the South Carolina Education Lottery's Players Club, you get way more than you expect. More chances, more wins, and more surprises. Today's special, a trip to low Earth orbit in a private spaceship. Join the Players Club at seeducationlottery.com because more happens here. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. I guess we should give a prediction. I mean, this this game's kind of taken on the dimensions of a of a football type game, right? So much talk about it, kind of like when the Gamecocks played Connecticut, and will play Connecticut again, um, or when they played Tennessee back when Tennessee was really good, right? So I think I'm going to go with I'll go with South Carolina winning this thing. I think they'll play some really good defense. Agreed. Uh, but LSU will play some good defense, but I think South Carolina will score a bunch of second-chance points, a bunch in the paint, and knock down some threes. So let's go with the Gamecocks winning this thing 76-63. to 
to 64. 76-64, what you All got? Right. I was thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 70 USC. I think one thing about Carolina, what they've done this year, when they've faced the best, they've been at their best. I mean, they've their four wins over ranked opponents have come by an average of 21 points a game. I mean, it's almost unfathomable what they've been able to do when they've been challenged. And I think LSU playing at home, they'll come out and give a tremendous effort. And they're a really good basketball team, but I just don't think they're, as I mentioned earlier, this is as complete a team as I think Dawn Staley may have ever had at USC because they can shoot it from the outside. They can certainly pass it inside. They can play great defense. They can get out and run in transition. I just don't think LSU can match up with that for 40 minutes. They might be able to for 20 or even 30, but I think the depth of USC over over the long haul will do what it's done all season long. It just ultimately wear the opponent out. Yep, yep. I just saw a tweet from Magic Johnson. He said he's getting his popcorn, getting ready to – Sit back and watch this game tonight. I guess this is, of course, I think the Celtics and the Heat are playing tonight, but uh might be the big sporting event of the night in the United States. You'd be hard-pressed to find too many others, yeah. It's impressive. And, and looking at a – this looks like a Mulkey told media members earlier this week that she's not sure her who her team's rival is. I guess folks were trying to pin these two against each other. But I did not realize South Carolina, if I'm reading this right, has won the last 14 meetings between yeah. the teams going mm-hmm. back 12 seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's hard to make that a rivalry. And, again, I, I think the guard play is what's really going to decide it tonight. Between Haley Van Lith, Michaela Williams, the two of them are going to have to uh, do really play really, really well tonight. They're going to have to stay hot as they've been the last couple of games for the Tigers in order to keep the Gamecock defense honest against Angel Reese. If the LSU guards struggle on the perimeter, if they're not hitting those outside shots and Dawn Staley's able to have her defense kind of suck down into the paint, well, then that's that's going to be an easy win for the Gamecocks. Yep. But if those if those guards for the Tigers are able to hit some outside shots early and really uh, keep that Gamecock defense honest, then this game might go all four quarters. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Gamecocks is close for three, and then the Gamecocks pull away and win by double digits in the fourth. I also think uh, Malaysia Full Wiley, shout out, uh, shout out Magic Johnson. It sounds like he's a big fan of hers. I think she's going to have a big game tonight as well. Well, if, if I can help <clears throat> the uh, USC women in my own little way, I can do for them what I did for them earlier in the season and talk about their free throw shooting and say that, you know, they, they've really got to pick it up shooting free throws in these – Big games. I said that earlier in the year, and what they do, they like knock down almost every free throw. I put the reverse psychological whammy on them. <laughs> so I'm trying to find where they are now in free throw shooting as a team and see if they have picked up those numbers a little bit and see if I need to give them the reverse psychological whammy to help them at all. Let's see, as a team, well, they're still only shooting 63%. Uh, yeah, in all games, 63%. I think maybe in – if I can find SEC numbers here real quick. They might be shooting a little bit better in SEC games alone. Um, but, yeah, they need to they need to shoot free throws at a higher clip. They've been doing that ever since I put the reverse jamma-whamma on them. So, we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, quick update. Charleston playing at Hampton, 43-39 at the break. So let's welcome in Sam from Charleston, Cougars, number one fan. It's your city, Sam. We're only there to visit. It's your city. Welcome in. Well, well, first of all, Pat, Cornbread, 
the crazy guy over there. I hope That's, you guys are doing well. It's Chris. He, he <laughs> Chris goes by crazy. crazy. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Love it. Hey, um, I want to give you a perspective on something real quick. So I just heard we have a two losing streak against um, Townsend. And who's the other one we lost to? Wilmington. Wilmington. Well, actually, I just said you guys know that um, UNCW is a very tough team to beat this year for my team this year. Because, oh, sorry, I'll put it this way. UNCW is a very hard team to beat this year. If you look back since, like, I think it was 2018 and 2019 basketball season when Coach Earl Grant was coached, and we went to the um, North Charleston Coliseum. I was there to see that. Mm. And I'll tell you what, we had a great team that year. But this coach, Pat Kelsey, you know what he said? This is our city. Whose city? We are the holy city. Whose city is it, Sam? Whose city? It's the, city. It's the city. Citadel City, right? Well, yeah, we can share it, but not too much. But um, I just hit. What, what is, do you guys remember um, last year we had that watch party for the college for the, um, the NCAA tournament bid? Yes. So here's my perspective on this year's watch party. And, Are you already planning a watch party? <laughs> Better well, win some no, games. I'm going to the, the TV arena. Duh. Hmm. Um, so what is your perspective on a um, couple of things? I was at the TD Arena the last home games, and here's what I don't get. I was trying to get a hot dog and Coke. They don't accept cash. Oh, Why did really? they carry no cash at all instead of credit cards? Can you tell me explain that to me? Well, you know, a lot of the world's gone cashless, just like the people. A lot of the businesses have gone cashless. Of course, people don't have cash either. So uh, I guess it's a way to economize how they do their business, <clears throat> make it, you know, cleaner, neater. I mean, I know, no, a, actually, I know a man like you, Sam, that you know, carry, I'm not going to say this publicly, I don't want anybody out there to, you know, try to find you and rob you, but I mean, you're you're flush with cash. You're walking well, around loaded actually, with cash. Actually, Phil, I want to add a comment real quick, but um, I'm going to take up your time, but this has been going, I'm trying to be careful, and I'm not being a bragger, but um, they need they need to stop having credit cards at the Eddie Arena. Hmm. I don't have a credit card right now. Here's here's the main problem. Hmm. Why is why is that the call to Charleston with a credit card? That's I don't get. Is Matt Roberts going to is Matt Roberts going to do something about this? Because I'm not I'm not liking this. Well, let me give him a call. And thank you, Sam. We got to go. Might be security reasons, though, too. That way you don't have to transfer a lot of cash after a game in a downtown downtown arena. You ever seen the movie The Town? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be the town and have what happened to the Red Sox happen to you there. But, I mean, that, that really is the way of the world now, right? Not too many people do transactions at these places with cash anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go through airports now, and very few of them, if any, mm-hmm. take cash anymore. It's all cashless service. I mean, that's, that's the wave of the future. But, you know, Sam and 
the Rockefellers and you know folks like that. They they're used to carrying wads of cash in their mm-hmm. pockets, and they they want to they want to use the currency, the American green. That's going to do it, Chris. We'll see you tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Look forward to it. Thank you, Pat. Great job. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see how that game turns out and talk about it tomorrow. Take care. See you tomorrow.